When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, beautiful people? Welcome to another edition of Rage Quit, the video game segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's about time that this fine genius of a gentleman comes back. Ladies and gentlemen, Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare. What's going on, Wiley, brother? You know the Venomous Stare is going to do it big on his return, brother. Oh, yeah. I'm Venomous Stare, best known for my gaming and baseball videos on YouTube and Twitch. I've been playing MLB The Show since the very first MLB The Show that ever came out. And it's really the only console game that I still buy and the only reason that I even have like a PS4 because I'm a PC gamer, but... When it comes to these MLB The Show games, obviously you got to get them, and you got to get them on console, as if the PC port was even available. But yeah, I'm a huge fan of the show, huge fan of baseball, and this is just right up my alley to do this with Alex. And since the newest edition of MLB The Show is set to come out later this month, why not take the opportunity to talk about MLB The Show, and there's nobody better to do it with other than a genius, and I like to say an expert on baseball, like you, Wiley. Well, if, <clears throat> if there is one thing that I'm an expert in, it's certainly baseball. And as far as the show goes, I have played a ton of games. I am really a guy who's versed in all the different areas. And even though I'm a very competitive, hardcore online gamer... MLB The Show is the one game where I don't actually play as much online. I do the My Player, aka like the Road to the Show mode, as well as Franchise. So I noticed that the basically San Diego Studios, the people that make MLB The Show, they're doing these little weekly reveal videos that you should put in the description of the video, the show notes, because these are just phenomenal. They'll catch you up on the in-depth details of what they're changing if you want to watch them after this. But we're really going to hit the high notes and tell you what you need to know. But it's just nice that as gamers, we have devs that care about us and do these well-put-together 20-minute long videos with the top devs. And they share with us what their goals are for a competitive game that everyone likes, like MLB The Show, having a transparent, intelligent company that really lets us know what they're thinking is so important. Because a lot of times when you would watch these videos and they would say, remember when this frustrating thing would happen? Like how the caroms would be unpredictable off walls, for instance. Everyone can relate to that who plays the game. So watching these videos, it really makes me happy to feel like the devs are on the same page as me. You know, it's been an awful long time in my case since I've played the game. You know, knowing my schedule, it's just, you know, it's so tough. Like, I, it's really impossible for me to actually be able to play games. But, you know, MLB The Show just really changed me like like in MLB the show in my case Wiley I never played these regular games like we would play on Madden I always played Road to the Show because Road to the Show is something special and with franchise mode and everything I mean this is something that keeps gaming alive I mean that's why I love about San Diego Studio they gave new features and they improved them they do a good job they do these ads like they're going to tell you what's on the show they're going to tell you what they fixed this is why this franchise of a video game is continuing to be successful. They know what the hell they are doing. They're geniuses, for God's sake. Well, I agree with you there, Alex. And you have to consider that as avid baseball fans, we're really restricted. Tim will be the show. 2K isn't around anymore. Like everything else is so obviously third rate that out of the park, out of the park is like a simulator. But there's another one called RBI Baseball, which is what I meant to say initially. That's just sort of a jokish arcadey ripoff <clears throat> and for the hardcore baseball fan the show is the only way to go and since you liked road to the show i think it is now a prudent time to mention the sort of things that they plan on introducing to road to the show for instance you can be a two-way player now you can straight up opt into being a two-way player 
which is something that was so obvious and should have been able to have been done and they didn't do. One theme that we're going to see throughout this podcast is the devs have made changes that are long overdue and rather obvious, like the fact that AA stats are actually kept, like the fact that in Road to the Show, if you're doing something phenomenal, throwing literal no-hitters in AA, which is something that I've done on my Road to the Show characters, and I'm sure plenty of people in their audience have these crazy buck-wild four-homer games or like complete game one-hit shutouts, and the computer just doesn't care. It's like you, you can have an entire season full of sub-one ERA as a starting pitcher, go undefeated, and the computer will pay you no mind. That's something that they're actively trying to change with this recent update to Road to the Show that's going to be coming out in the new game, of course. And that's great, because that makes it more realistic. I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm glad that they're making that change, because the concept, in my opinion, you know, for MLB The Show, like especially for Road to the Show, it's literally to make it as realistic as possible. It's like you are a prospect. You start out as a prospect, you work your way up to the Hall of Fame tier, or in your words, to the God tier, although God tier will be when you're in the prime of your career. but, but you The show, so to speak, the yeah. big leagues. Yeah. Start at the bottom, you work your way up. One interesting thing about Road to the Show that you have to consider is that in the past, let's say five years ago, the way that it would work is you would get attribute points. So you would do well and you would get a certain amount of points and you could sit there and just dump, like if you were a pitcher, you could just dump all the points in like K per nine, hit per nine, walk out, uh, walk ratio, all that, and just ignore everything else. And then they changed it to make it a little bit more corny where it was like they did the whole training method where in between starts you could do a bullpen and then you would get three choices from your coach on what you wanted to boost and then there would be a hokey mini game that let you get more of a boost and then after that you would have some contrived set of dialogue that literally equated to always spam clicking through a certain tier because if you spam click through the same dialogue logo then you could build out like an attribute tree for your player. They've completely overhauled that crap, thankfully, because that was just so contrived and boring. Now what they have are called ball players, which is a Call of Duty-esque perk system where you can attach three different perks to your player and essentially make him more of the style that you want. In other words, if I, let's just say I'm playing with uh, Joey Gallo on the modern 2021 Texas Rangers, I might give him these ballplayer perks that increase his power or his maybe even his contact because he's going to be swinging for the fences and he already has great power. But this is a change from the, the really lame, like, captain, uh, heart and soul, that, that stupid combat tree that they or that skill tree that they did where... Basically, you just had to spam click through like stupid contrived lines where like they were like, well, it adds personality because your guy is like being mean and it was just so stupid. And it looks like now the perk thing that they're adding, presumably it's called the ball player system. That's how they introduced it. This is a great thing, Alex, because this actually allows you to stylistically build your team in the way that you want. In other words, if I have Ricky Henderson at the top of my lineup, I'm going to put extra steel points into him because I'm going to be sending him like every time. Absolutely. You know, and speaking of these perks, I remember like as you would gain these attribute points, you would unlock, you know, an upgrade on a baseball bat or baseball glove. You know, that's great and all, but you know what frustrated me about that, Riley? What? Is that it would take forever. Like, you would play five years in the freaking major leagues, and then all of a sudden you, f- you finally get an upgrade for a baseball bat that's going to increase your power hitting by, like, plus three points. And, you know, you unlock these random baseball cards and everything. I'm like, okay, fine. I don't mind, you know, unlocking these cool things. You can have a collection in this game. But, I mean, come on. You're making it too difficult by making it take forever. I agree, and... The leveling of the, the, the so-called skill tree was just so boring. And essentially, you could, you could see what they were going for. Because in the new game, they've introduced this feature where uh, basically they recorded like little five-minute like MLB network segments between 
a journalist and an ex-player and the, the player is just saying sort of like cookie cutter things like this top young prospects really breaking out. They're going to have to watch out for him. And then whenever you do really well, they'll like play that clip. And on next gen consoles, it comes with the video and on the old style consoles, it it's in, comes in podcast form, which is sort of humorous considering we're doing a podcast now. But that being said, that I think is trying to usurp some of like the narrative and the, uh, the feeling of climbing the miners in real life because what they had before was just so lame where it was like your character model would talk to an NPC character model and you wouldn't even read the dialogue options. They wouldn't matter. You would just pick whichever skill that you were trying to boost all the way up to level four. So that was a complete waste of time and I'm glad that's gone. One thing they really struggle with in Road to the Show in the career mode is whenever they're trying to sort of make sure that you can't just like cheese your way through it and become god tier too quickly, they set these weird limitations up. And one of the limitations this season is they actually said the attributes will be capped at 50. And you have to use the perks, that, the uh, ball player perks that you unlocked to build your character. So how that's going to work is like, let's say you're playing with John Rocker, the late fireballing closer of the Atlanta Braves you would want to use the perks that are like fireballer, late inning guy, because that matches up with them stylistically. And the more that you do well while you have those perks equipped, those perks themselves will sort of level up and boost you towards the 99 attribute. So in other words, like you have to sort of pick and choose the peak of the style of player that you want. It's just going to be harder for there to be like a bunch of god players where you have a 99s especially if you like to play on old save rosters and whatnot well said and speaking of like you notice like you you would have to get these points that you get like it would it would help you improve like your throwing ability your batting ability i mean mm -hmm. that, that was just another frustrating thing like it for me i think it would have to automatically upgrade itself based on how you are playing like all the experience well, you're getting and everything yeah that, that's what they moved to that's yeah. what i was talking okay. about when before you could allocate your points now what it was now what they did and what they did in last year's game it was a mixture of let's just say you went 4 for 5 and then at the end screen it would have a list of all of your skills up or down with green and red bars and it'd be like okay your contact went up cuz you went 4 for 4 that was always sort of annoying i thought because even though it was probably better than the points it it would be like if you made one silly mistake or made like a decent baseball play or got caught stealing when like the god computer auto picks you off, it would be like negative three for stealing. And it just became like, so how am I supposed to get base running aggressiveness and stealing up by freaking going? And it's not fun to try to steal against the computer. The computer's ridiculous to try to steal against. Even if you are even if you are like manipulative and go into the sliders and turn down CPU pickoff frequency, the CPU still picks off all the time. And it, it's just, it's one of those things that is such a huge disconnect between the person versus person experience as opposed to the versus computer experience. And in a sports game, you know, it's not like a online RTS game or a online FPS game where the online multiplayer is all that matters. It's only about player versus player and online multiplayer balance. No, in sports games like this in the show, Road to the Show matters to people and franchise mode matters to people. There's a lot of people who never even touch online that love those two game modes. Well done, Wiley. Well done. You really seem to have more than a passion for this game. Well, it's my favorite console game ever. I'm Well, as far as sports games goes, and I'm still playing... I think if you are going like all-time greats, like obviously like Halo 3, Halo 2's up there, and I had tons of great times on those games. Maybe you could even throw COD Black Ops 1 in there, but this is the only game that I still play on console, and it's been that way for years. And you really can't play like sports games on PC unless it's out-of-the-park baseball, which is like literally a spreadsheet simulator. Real boring, except for like your hardcore neurotic baseball fan. Game like the show... When I lay down in bed, throw the Sopranos on, throw the show on my other TV, set my lineup, and let the computer sim it out, and if something interesting comes up, I'll jump in. I just sort of play like that casually, and it's something that I'm not going to be able to do online because I'm winding down after a long day, 
and I'm watching a TV show, and I just sort of want the, the baseball game to be there. This is especially in the offseason when there's no real baseball. So I don't want to sit there and like arduously grind through a 1v1 against a guy with Diamond Dynasty for stubs. Like That's not really how I think the game is fun. Although, as far as PvP goes, it's absolutely incredible to play in real life with someone else, whether it be playing against them, and they have a controller, and you're, you know, you're doing the typical 1v1, or you're sharing a franchise together and sort of playing co-GM and maybe one person hits and one person bats. Historically, I think that's been the best way to share MLB The Show when you're hanging out with another baseball fan in real life is to build the franchise together or do a road to the show and take turns, especially if you're like doing pitching. One guy gets an outing, the other guy gets a get an outing. It's very funny because if someone struggles and has a blow-up start, the guy who's observing will sort of like make quips about it, make backhanded suggestions, and it's just a nice little fun way to build camaraderie. And I know a lot of the people who listen to this are just going to be like hardcore online 1v1 grinders, and that's fine. But to me, I feel like games like that, like the sport, not it's not literally split screen, but in the sense that you can have someone over in real life and enjoy it, in the same way that real-life physical card games like poker are way more enjoyable in real life as opposed to online. That's one thing that I think is really worth mentioning is this is a game that you can definitely still play with friends and enjoy. So that's sort of how I enjoy MLB The Show, a lot of franchise modes some Road to the Show. And when I do play 1v1, it's with my IRL friends. Well done. And I'm really loving everything you're saying. But I'd like to give everybody my last experience with Road to the Show because I've played all these different MLB shows and I always do Road to the Show, but the last one that I had, which I I don't remember if it was 19 or 20. If I were to take a guess, I think it might have been 20. I remember just, who was on the cover? Who was on the... Well, okay, well, tell me, who was on the cover on the last one? That's how I'll remember it. The last few have been Griffey Jr. and Harper and Tatis is coming up. Okay, it was the one with Harper. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, as you all know, I don't buy physical copies anymore. I download them di digitally from the PS4 network. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep in that, but the reason why is just as, to avoid... Convenience. Screen. Yes, convenience and to avoid spring cleaning because, you know, I hate that. And so the disc, I don't have to worry about the disc being damaged. But anyway... Well, Javi Baez was last year's cover, by the way, so you have the 19. Probably, yeah. But anyway, so I get MLB. Now, do road to the show. I create myself as a player, as an 18-year-old player. Start what position? Third base. Third base is actually my favorite position. I don't know why. But what made you – is third what you played in real life or is, how does that work? I did play a little bit of third base in real life, but I always felt like third base is actually a very unique position because you, you can you can throw it to first base. You can create some double plays like that. You know, It's up to you like sometimes for third base. like It's up to you to really kind of lead the groove as far as defensive play goes, but I always felt like third base is a very unique position. Although, Definitely, they call it the hot corner for a player that I hate that I hate a lot that that formerly I think briefly played played third base. I think you know who I'm talking about. Well, I won't speculate. Let's yeah. just move on with yeah. the show. You want to do an ad break? We're at a nice little, nice not little yet. middle point. Not okay, yet. not yet. Not yet. Well, in that case, let me talk about the fielding then, Alex, because they've done a fielding overhaul, and I'm not being hyperbolic. That's literally what they called it—an overhaul. Now, if you remember the fielding from the most recent MLB The Show game, it's sort of clunky and boring, and what the, where this really stands out is the balls that are around the wall. And this is because balls that are hit on the wall, if your guy is standing a millimeter off of where it was going to be ricocheted down, he would the ball would just fly by him and he would miss it. And a lot of times, you would frivolously be trying to move your stick in a circular motion really wishing you had a mouse and keyboard for the only time ever in sports game history and your character just wouldn't pick the ball up and in general the mechanics around walls were very bad one thing that i'm sure everything can relate to is the robbing the home run thing is nearly impossible the indicator is garbage it's inconsistent the animations are bad this was something that even the most veteran player who was actually good at it and a legitimately high level player couldn't do consistently just because of the way the game was coded the linchpin of them improving the defense has been a plethora of new animations that they have added there have been so many new animations which if you don't know what that means 
an animation is what the character does whenever he's making a catch on the ball, fielding a grounder. It's sort of like how if you just think about the old Maddens, say like Madden like 2005 or 6, whenever a guy gets tackled, he's going to get tackled in like the same three or four ways, like wrapped up around the middle and brought down. He's going to like get stood up and backpedal and get brought down. Anyone who's played sports games knows what I mean about how games will use the same animations over and over. And in weird, oftentimes, diagonal situations, especially on defense, your character is only able to do a certain amount of animations to make the play. So that's why a lot of times you'll have those big, long, lollipop fly balls, and you'll be actively moving over towards it. And even if you're right beneath it, if you stop touching your stick, your character will idiotically let it just drop like a grenade a foot to their left and these sort of tricks of how to field of like you never take your finger off the left stick even if you're right there you want to just keep the very slightest amount of movement on so the sort of auto aim sticks and all this other stuff this is sort of being corrected with the animationing and another key factor of the defensive overhaul is the absolutely disgusting 2k ripoff throw meter that they did where it was literally where it was literally like green and yellow and if it was yellow it was automatic error and then the red which no one hit even if he fell asleep so what they did is they sort of merged the red and yellow to make it where it was just more of a gray area so if you barely missed the green the throw might be a little bit offline but it's not basically how it worked before was the green was in the middle and that's where you tried to time it and if you had a guy that didn't have a very good arm the green sliver would be tiny so you get barely any orange in there, and he's going to pull the first baseman off the bag. It was really corny and contrived because it would always equate to an error. It would never just be like, they're going to bounce the ball, and if he's good at first, if it's a gold glover like Mark Teixeira, they're going to pick it. No, it was very linear and boring and made the game unfun. Now it's more of if you get close in the middle, there's it's not going to be a perfect throw, but there's a chance he can make the play. And no one was ever hitting on those far corners of the red. You could watch, you know, 100 games being played, even with newbies, and they're not going to hold that button down all the way to the red. I've literally hundreds of games played just on this last uh, this last release, and I never hit the red once. It was ridiculous. It seems like based on this, it's all fraud. Well, not really. It was, the old game had a lot of fraudulent elements, but it's actually not fraud in the sense that they accurately identified them and are now correcting them. And this fielding change is one of the most exciting ones because, to me, fielding, along with like spamming through corny dialogue, was the thing about the game that felt the most contrived and boring. Because the way that the fielding worked against the wall was that you were never going to rob a home run. If it was a wall shot, your character was going to bug out and have a high chance of screwing it up. And they fixed that with all these new animations. They've also added a new flare animation. And last year, there was an animation for these low humpback, humpback liners that the outfielder would aggressively be coming in on, sort of like a, a red circle spinning. And that would tell you, like, this is a high-risk play that's probably going to fall. If you dive, you might miss it. And they've done this. They've added that animation to the balls that are up against the wall. And one thing that they said in the show is a big part of their design philosophy is to give the players the tools that they need to be good at the game. In other words, not make it easy, but you should. the game should tell you whether it's like a really hard catch and it's risky or whether you should be right up against that wall because a lot of the times the best way to do it was literally just to stand up right against the wall because the jump button was never going to rob anything and the guy was going to bug out if it hit the wall. So if you stood up against the wall, there was a good chance the AI was going to catch it and that was like the most low percentage play. And that's really not how it works in real life, and they knew that. So I'm really glad they're addressing that, Alex. Well, you sounds like, like that. But anyway, you remember, like, you were always eager how, like, my latest, the, the road to the show went because I kept you updated. You, you remember how you, you really wanted me to keep you updated based on, like, I get if I get traded, all the deals I'm offered? You, you remember that? Yes, you would consistently share the screenshots of your career achievement on Twitter, and the, the <laughs> screenshots were fun to follow, especially when you were breaking home run records and whatnot. Yeah, and I'm going to make it as quick as possible. Don't you worry, everybody. But in the last run, I'm drafted by the Marlins, and then I get, and when I'm finally called to the roster, I'm Rookie of the Year. 
But the Marlins decide to trade me to the Tampa Bay Rays, who immediately trade me to the Houston Astros, which... In real life, I'm like, uh, of course, okay, I'll admit, I did go like, uh, why the fucking Astros? Because did you <laughs> did you demand a trade in game after that? I did not demand the trade. Um, I was trading. No, I mean after once you became an Astro. No, I didn't. I didn't. I just decided, you know what? Well, be- because you know, because th- th- I saw in the news that they were planning to put me in as a starter. They were immediately going to put me in spring training. They had no plans to put me in the minors. So I said, okay, you know what? That's fair enough. So I I developed myself. The, the Astros have like two. A very bad year, but I'm the best player on the team. And eventually, two years from there, we win. We win the World Series. I'm the World Series MVP. You know that that one year, I broke Joe DiMaggio's record of uh, consecutive uh, games uh, with a hit. Fifty-six with, game hitting streak. Yes, fifty-six game hitting streak. Break numerous other records. So we win the World Series. I'm, I'm the World Series MVP. <clears throat> the next year, we repeat. We go to the World Series. Okay, and keep in mind, my the contract I signed with the Astros that they signed me to a deal. A relatively low, to, a, a, a fair deal, you know, for a player, a young player. But so we go to the World Series and we blow, we, we blow a, a three nothing World Series lead, and the whole team gives up. Now I'm mad. So they offer me a, after everything I did, they offer they don't offer me a, a better deal. They just offer me the same kind of deal. I'm like f this. So so what I ended up doing is I ended up signing, with the Chicago Cubs. What co- difficult? What difficulty do you play this career mode on? For hitting, uh, it was okay. But to be honest with you, I swear on my grandfather's grave, I never played on the on, on the easiest mode. If you want to know why, it's because if it's too easy, the game is not fun. Yeah. Uh, so do you do you play on veteran the default difficulty? Yeah, it was on veteran. I, I never put default because default. So I don't know if it happened to you, but in my case, it would change simultaneously. Sometimes it would go to easy. Sometimes it would go to hard. And yes, what you're describing yeah. is what you're describing is called dynamic difficulty. Essentially, how that works yeah. is the better you do, the harder the game gets. And this is an effort that the devs have made to keep just ninety percent of the player base turns the game on and won't mess with the difficulty. They're just going to play on the default veteran, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I kind of lose respect for the people that turn it down to rookie because it's already pretty easy. But the point being is that this quote-unquote dynamic difficulty adjustment, it's supposed to make it where the better you do, the harder the game gets. So what ends up happening is you sit there, you're playing with a 50 overall player in double A, and you're a veteran player of the show, so you're doing well and you're crushing it double A. And every time you're having a good game, it's increasing the difficulty up on you until you're to the point where you're damn near playing Hall of Fame and every pitcher you face with your 55 overall character is a god and Sandy Koufax and the little indicator for where your bat goes is tiny and it's just unfun. Like it it is literally brutally unfun to sit there with the 60 overall character with the difficulty jacked all the way up because you're you're playing a 60 overall character. No one wants to sit there and have trouble hitting in double A because really all the, the, and this is true for all sports games pretty much, all the, the only thing the increasing difficulty does is make the RNG get worse. So like when you play on rookie, it's just so newbie friendly, it's hard to screw up. When you play on veteran, it's about right. When you play on all-star, it's about right, but it's a little less forgiving. Now, after you get to All-Star Plus and levels beyond that, you start to hit a point, and this is true when you're playing against the computer, because obviously player versus player, the, the difficulty doesn't really matter in that sense, because it's more about the person that you're playing. Obviously, if your difficulty is higher than your buddies, it's going to be harder for you. The point I'm making is that against the computer, it's like the end-all, be-all. If you put it up the Hall of Fame, God level, it just literally means that no matter how good you do, the balls aren't going to go to the right spot. And that's just sort of the way that sports games are coded when you crank the difficulty up. It doesn't become more fun or more challenging. More corny stuff happens. I remember playing my favorite sports game ever that's not the show, NCAA 06 football, and my buddy and I were playing on a season as Dartmouth, and we turned the difficulty all the way up. And every other time one of our guys got tackled, they fumbled. Like that that's how they code the CPU being better is like a bunch of corny, unpredictable stuff happens. So that's that's really my thoughts on dynamic difficulty setting, which you accurately described, which I also play with off. 
I think it's it's dumb that the, the game is going to punish you for doing the correct thing and playing well. I think that that's a lot like that's a lot like skill-based matchmaking in Call of Duty. The latest Call of Duty, I'll make this brief. The latest Call of Duty game didn't have a competitive ladder when it came out, but they had what's called skill-based matchmaking just for your random public games that you find, which equates to the fact that if you do really well and play with your friends and have a high winning percentage, you're going to get to play against exclusively other stacked teams full of completely sweaty pre-mades. And instead of just having to, you know, have a fun game and play against randoms on xbox it's like freaking game battles and it's the same way with the show if you do well the game shouldn't punish you to the point where it's like playing on hall of fame all right the, the computer literally can't lose isn't this fun like no it's not no not at all but anyway i'm about to get to the piece de resistance of my career but before we do that let's take a quick 90 second break we will see you then Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Boom, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I am the Bear of Texas, and standing by my side is Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare. Now, Wiley, I'm going to need you to hold on your hat because this is where things get really, really interesting. Are you ready? We're talking, we're, we're talking about your my career, and we last yes. left off that you're being taken by the Cubs. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm in the Now, I'm in the prime. Now, I'm, I'm only 24 years old, but I am already in my prime. I'm like the best player that's probably ever been seen. You have any MVPs? Like what you've set the the hit streak record over Joe D. I'm, I'm assuming you got a couple MVPs under your belt. I have a couple of MVPs, and it, it, that that's why it was so irritating. Even though it's merely a video game, it's not for real. Like still, the Astros refusing to take care of me. I mean, of course I demanded I wanted out, so they traded me to the Cubs. Okay, now the Cubs offered me a one year extension, which I didn't mind because you know the Cubs were a good team, and I wanted to see if if, if things could stay still be good. Hey, let me break in real quick. It's funny you say it's only a video game and it's frustrating. Hilariously, the annoying clunky AI of MLB The Show and how the computer deems to treat you as a player mimics the frustrating way that bad organizations can misuse talent. See Tim Wakefield with Boston under uh, Grady Little, as well as, and not Grady Little, Joe Kerrigan, and look at Jake Arrieta, when he was on the Orioles, and they just straight up told him, don't throw a cutter. You have to throw a 12-6 to 6 curve. No cutter. We don't allow cutters. So, hilariously, yeah, it is frustrating and clunky, but I suppose it can be like that for the aspiring major leaguer in real life as well. So, please continue with your story. So, anyway, so I get traded to the Cubs. and, I st and Now, keep in mind, I had a three-year deal with the Astros, and there was one year, one year left, but the, the Cubs decided to give me an extra year because they want to take precaution. Now, the Cubs are a dominant team. They're in God tier. Now, with the, mm -hmm. those tiers of the Cubs, we go to the World Series two years in a row, and we go against, ironically, the Astros both years, and we sweep them both years. And it's so ironic. In those years, I'm the World, I'm the World Series MVP both times, okay? Wow. But the Cubs decide, well, you're that good, but we're not going to be able, be able to, to afford you. So I'm officially made a free agent. So I, I, they, they offer you, like, you know, they, they show you that screen, what kind of deal do you want and everything. So I do that. I want, I want at least 10 years because I want to be locked in. I mean, I don't want to. Oh, yeah. career player. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, at this point, come in on. In Chicago, did, did you want to be a Cub for life in your career at that point? I wanted to go to a team that still had a good winning environment. I wanted to go where there was something going on. But I wanted a 10-year deal because I wanted to be locked in. I was tired of being traded, you know, moving around, around. I wanted to get fully settled. I wanted to be somewhere right. for a while. Your, your Barry Bonds, San Fran deal, as it were. Basically. So I say I want a 10-year deal, and I'm willing – now, the money, I'm willing to sit down, but obviously I want at least 200, 300 million because everything I've done – I mean, keep in mind, I'm a three-time World Series champion, you know, and I'm a, th a three-time World Series MVP. I mean, a legend. On. I'm a legend. Hey, and I'm let, a let, me, let me break in real quick. Since you're talking about contracts and money, one thing that I've never understood in that game – is that there is literally no point into trying to get the most money. We see 
a plethora of MLB players do not even care about winning in their real-life career and only care about money. And in the game, if you think about it, and this sounds weird, but like there's literally no benefit to money in the game. You can't spend it. It doesn't improve your attributes. It doesn't do anything useful for you. You can't boost your stats faster. You can't like hire a chef and get like a two-point durability boost. The money is fucking worthless. So like if you're actually intelligent, I thought about this, and even though it's counterintuitive and sort of goofy, if you wanted to like have the best chance of winning, you would just like take the veteran minimum, like ten year veteran minimum all the way through. And although you would never do that in real life, like the money in game was worthless. Like you can't even spend it on fucking packs. Like could you imagine if every time you played a year in your career you could use it to goof open up those Diamond Dynasty packs online. That would actually give people an incentive to try to get a big deal. But as it stands, like the most effective way to actually win would just to be to take less money to take up less cap. Exactly. But anyway, but now I'm going through contract negotiations. Now you're you're gonna laugh, Wiley, because believe it or not, one of the first teams to, to offer a deal was the were the Houston Astros. But I immediately oh, turned them course. down. They yeah, wanted you back. They wanted me back, but you know, you know how they show all these news, like these offseason news. But they traded away all their good players away. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going back, but I'm not going back either way. But obviously, but what's the slap to the face is all the three year deal was all they could offer. Was like, yeah, forget it. So, so then I have a deal. Then it goes down. So I have 10 years. I make it clear. I'm not changing my mind. So then it goes down to the St. Louis Cardinals, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, and the Baltimore Orioles. So then, but then when yeah. I officially make it clear on the money demand, only the Orioles were willing to pay me what I demanded. So I, so basically I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign with the Baltimore Orioles because three players that were with the Astros with me when we were at the World Series were there. So, so it's just all funny. All of a sudden, in a game, the Baltimore Orioles are all, all of a sudden becoming a World Series caliber team. And you carried them that way, basically. But I signed, so I signed with the Orioles for for ten years, and then I'm gonna fast forward. You know, after seven years there, you know, keep in mind I'm 27 when I signed, so now I'm like 34. I'm still playing good, but you know, I'm not running as quick anymore, and you know, I'm I'm starting to wear down. So then the Orioles. Are, are, are you talking about like? hypothetically or like is your character literally losing attributes because one i and admittedly i always do pictures i don't like hitting that much against the computer because there's no mind game to it it's a fucking computer so it's just boring but anyway like one thing i've noticed is i've, I've taken careers like you know 10 plus years and what, even when you get into your 30s i don't see like consistent stat drops like what i was sort of expecting was like at the end, whenever it goes to like every little bar of your progress of how much experience you've won or lost, I would always expect to see like, oh, well, since you're 35, you're just going to start getting like net negative and durability every time. But I don't think they properly address age at all in these career modes. I don't think they do, and I'm glad you brought that up. But no, my durability is staying the same. I mean, I'm still hitting well. I mean, I'm not playing uh, as many games as I did, but but the Orioles come out, come to me and say, well, look. We appreciate everything you've done, but look, you made it clear when you were uh, when you were a rookie that you would you would hope to one day have a great career in Texas. Now you did, but with how things went to the Astros, we, we can't let it end this way. So Alex, we're gonna trade you to the Texas Rangers. So so the final three years of my career, I played with the Rangers, but you know the Rangers. <laughs> so ironically, they're terrible in that time too, but. But at least I, I get to play, you know, and just set all these records and kind of just finish my career that way. At least finish it in the state of Texas with a happy ending. That's a, that's an interesting anecdote, especially after being spurned by the Astros. I'm just excited to learn that the mods announced that the career mode, they're really going to try to take a more interesting look at what you can and can't do as far as narrative-wise, moving your career, and people will take notice of your exceptional performances. In other words, in the last three games, your agent would call you twice a year to be like, do you want to be traded? And if you said yes, like it wasn't even a choice, like there were no real role, role options. So it was like, well, if you don't want, if you don't like where you are, you can get traded to an equally bad place. You can't give a suggestion. You can't tell them why you want to be traded. And the dumbest shit in the world about Road to the Show was when 
you would pick starting pitcher. It would literally give you a choice between starter or closer. And no matter what, no matter how god tier, no matter how exceptional you were, no hitters, no matter what, your idiot double A coach would always come to you and say, Hey, I know you're leading the league in every single starting pitching category. No, no, no. I'm not co- telling you we're going to promote you. I'm telling you we're going to make you the closer. And you're like, I don't want to be the closer. And every time he would just tell you to kick rocks. So you could specifically choose whether you wanted to be a closer or a starter and you would get wrongfully moved at 100% consistency. That's garbage. I understand you want to make it a little realistic. Sometimes you get moved to the pen. You know, not if you're God tier. If you get blown up in four straight starts, yeah, have the manager come in and say, you're, we're moving you to the pen, a demotion. That's fine. That's realistic. But if you're going to have a road to the show mode and you say you want to be closer or starter for every single time for you to have to piss away crucial early year leveling just to sit there in the pen with your dick in your hand no matter what option you pick is stupid (laughs) because they love to say oh it's like real life and it's options and narrative and like their idea of options and narrative for the freaking last road to the show was have dialogue boxes that you could spam click through and it wouldn't matter what you said hey uh you uh just threw two back-to-back complete game shutouts we're gonna make you the closer I don't want to do that. I picked starting pitcher. Sorry. Never did the coach like, oh, well, you are a top prospect and completely God tier. I guess I'll cut you some slack and let you keep starting. No. And like that, that's the shit that they've got to get rid of. Or like I mentioned before, when you would have a completely over the top, insane, meteoric rise, like batting 400 plus, the game was just like, well, we're coded to promote you in two years. You'll get promoted in two years. It's just such a waste of time to go 22 and 0 in double A. You know, it's like who wants to do that? People people don't even like the single and the double A, triple A grind in those games anyway. That's like the most boring part of career mode. I hate it. I absolutely hate it, but but realistically you do got to st- work your way up from double A. But anyway, Wiley, now we're going to get to the best part of the show. Now we're going to focus on the new game as well because I I want you <clears throat> I want you to talk about us about the franchise mode. And also the road to October mode, like some of the newest features in MLB The Show of 2021. Because you're so passionate about this game, I I feel like you're the best guy to tell us what's going on as far as these new features go. So take it away, Wiley. Well, Road to October was a repugnant disgrace. This was a game that was a direct carbon copy of franchise mode. Literally, it was a mode where the idea was, we know people don't want to sit here and simulate through like watching the game, observing by simulating, I mean, in that instance, or playing 162 games for the franchise. So we'll do this great idea, Road to October, where it basically you simulate and it only puts you in for the good stuff. The only time that you're going to be thrust into the game is when it's an important situation. Well, the unfortunate thing for them was that already existed. They already had that down pat with the critical situation entering and that's been around forever so they made an entire game mode out of an existing feature and that was a total joke so they've spruced up march to october a little bit and really there's no significant or interesting changes within that it was a a corny contrived game mode it's going to be a a corny contrived game mode in this upcoming game and essentially i would look to like uh, 2022 or 2023 for them to like make that the focus of the next game because that's that believe me that's coming because march to october is a joke it's basically like a scuffed version of franchise nobody likes now i've touched on some franchise changes already but one of the most important paramount one that i know like every single fan is gonna love is the insanely corny arduous and boring week-by-week budget system of franchise has been replaced by a much more easy-to-understand yearly budget. Now, for those who weren't aware, I know a lot of people just click like budgets off because it's more easy to play that way. But the way that it worked in the past was you had this insanely complicated, unpredictable, goofy algorithm that dictated your payroll, and it had to do with... Uh, possible sponsorships and if you sign this sponsorship then it's five thousand dollars a hit 
Like, literally, no one liked it or cared about it. No one's playing MLB The Show to do piss-ant accounting for fake money. It's fucking stupid. It's contrived. And at least with the stupid dialogue and Road to the Show, they were trying to do something and give you more customization. This was just garbage. You know what this was? This was them making the budget intentionally hard to understand because if you ran over budget on a franchise mode you really cared about, a lot of times... The only way to get out of it, at least the way they tried to frame it, was buying stubs with real-life money. In other words, if, if, you, if you screw up your save on a really important season and you like run over budget, which is easy to do because they intentionally made the UI so terrible and it's so hard to understand, it was like, get more budget and you would click on it, it would bring up the real-life store. So the reason it was so effed up is by design. It was intentional. It was their disgusting avarice for people to buy those stupid stubs. So they've simplified that down, thankfully, because you know what happened is like people who played, like the people who degenerately like bought a bunch of stubs and spent $400 of real life money like on the game were doing it so they could like have good teams online and wouldn't have to grind hours and hours to get decent cards. Like, the people who played franchise were just like, you want me to pay real-life money because you couldn't code a proper UI for the budget? Okay, I'll just turn my PlayStation off and either play something else or go for my last save. So, thankfully, they're getting rid of that, and that should make franchise mode way more entertaining and way less irritating. Well said. And, you know, what I like about this supposed franchise mode, keep in mind, I've never done it before, but... You're not just the manager of the baseball team. Like, you're the GM. You're the freaking owner. Like, you control oh, yeah. everything. And, and you, can, you can pick and choose what you control. Like, you can control shit down in the minors, the 40-man roster, or if you're less experienced, you can just control, like, the major league lineup. So there is sort of a swinging curve there. In other words, your judge, your jury, your executioner. Yeah, one other thing I want to mention is in addition to doing the fielding overhaul – they also over they also rehauled a lot of the UI, the user interfaces, and the symbols. So for instance, if a ball gets hit into the corner and you're the outfielder running, there's a little symbol by your outfielder's name that will suggest which base you should throw to. And this is targeted towards the newbie player. And they were talking about like, well, it depends on what difficulty you select. And what used to be, if you selected casual, it would auto-throw the ball for you. And that, like, floored me. That was so ridiculous. But then, thankfully, the guy was like, we thought that was a little much. We want people to actually be able to learn baseball and understand the game. So we came up with this new fancy little UI indicator that will show people where they're supposed to throw to. And veteran players can turn this off. Just like you can go in and turn off, like, uh, whatever it's called, like the tapering, like if a ball hits the wall where it's going to bounce. I don't know what sort of sicko would ever turn that off because like, you, it's almost impossible to predict the game's uh, sort of bouncy mechanics off the wall to the point where even if you do everything perfectly, your guy was going to screw it up still. So it surprises me that anyone would ever pick that setting. So... But if you're mad, if you're like a purist, and you're like, I don't need to be told where to throw, don't worry, you can turn it off. That's how a lot of the stuff in this game is. Even there, there was some customization stuff that wasn't available in the past. That is actually available now. You can do more hotkey customization, more UI customization. One thing that I want to mention that we failed to mention that is perhaps the biggest change of this game is you can actually build your own ballpark. There's a map editor in this freaking game. So you can screw with current ballparks. For instance, like you could go to the old Rangers ballpark and like bring the right field fence in to simulate the jet stream. You could make some ludicrous like sicko park of yourself if you were really diligent. Uh, you could make old stadiums like the Kingdome. But what's important is you're able to download other people's maps for free, just like you can download people's rosters. So even though it might not be something that you want to sit there and spend hours doing, there are going to be guys that make like a perfect replica of the Kingdom and all these other old-style stadium, Ebbets Field. And that's something people have been asking for for a long time because the, the retro parks are some of the most fun elements of the entire game. And they really have done a shit job at making these old maps.
because I think they knew they were just going to give the community the modding tools and didn't want to like hammer those out. But anyway, yeah, there's a map editor in the game now, and that's heckin' awesome. No, I like that. The fact that you can actually create your own ballpark. I mean, that's if I get the game, well, well, I okay, not if I get the game, when I get the game, I'm definitely gonna have to take advantage of that. Customize a globe life, a globe life field. Put a statue of Nolan Ryan at the front of it if I could. You can move the fence in so the hitters stop crying. And hilariously, you can actually relocate your franchise to this new ballpark. So you could start a franchise as the Rangers and move them to England or something if you wanted and have them play in Ebbets Field. So there's just a lot more customization. And essentially, like this, this stupid red tape that wouldn't allow you to customize stuff in previous games... A lot of that has been removed. A lot of the animation clunkiness has been removed. And a lot of the corny or more arduous, generally hated things have been removed. So I would highly recommend getting this game if you like MLB The Show. I know a lot of times with sports games, especially Madden, it just feels like they're releasing the same game over again with no new features. But I actually think this edition of the show will be way better than the previous. I get that feeling. And I should actually mention, for the first time in the series, the game's going to be available on the Xbox One. Yeah, the, the next-gen consoles are getting it. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, amazing. You know, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who's the cover star, I mean, at the age of 22, he's the youngest player to be featured on the game. Uh, on the game ex- cover, I should say, just to clarify. An explosive young star that everybody likes. And a guy that was rated as the top number one prospect in the nation for years. People in baseball, remember, this is a sport that is much more harder, excuse me, it's much more difficult to follow than football and basketball. The stars don't go straight from college or high school to the big leagues. Even the biggest, brightest stars have to spend time in the minor leagues. So to see heralded prospects who have been talked about for literal years come into the league and tear it up, Heck yeah, that's great to see. That's great for the game, and I love watching Tatis and the Padres. He's just a kid. I mean, last time the Padres were good, he wasn't even born. And the Padres are actually starting to become a great team. They're by far the most exciting team in baseball. I hope they challenge the Dodgers for that playoff spot in the West. I I think they will, and I think they'll be doing that for years. I hope you're right. Yeah, But anyway, ladies and gentlemen... Rage Quit is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, and YouTube. Wiley, thank you so much for coming back. Wiley, I cannot wait to have you back on. No problem. Follow me on YouTube and Twitch at Venomous Stare. Make sure to leave the podcast a five-star review and subscribe to it as well. Thank you for having me, Alex. No problem. Easy. Easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.